Welcome to this Endolife episode 73. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. So before we get started with today's episode, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to BU. Um, you guys have been getting me through the new year. BU create natural products that support us with our periods and our well-being and I am really loving their sleep mist. Um, a lot of you know that I have sleep problems that I'm trying to work on, but it's quite difficult because I'm quite a highly anxious person. So I need to get on top of that before my sleep falls into place. Although I'm still kind of working on both of them simultaneously. But the sleep spray, the sleep mist has actually really helped um, because... Not only is it soothing and comforting, I think I now associate it with um, feeling relaxed at night. So it's really helped me to calm down and fall, yeah, just fall asleep more easily. And I notice that when I forget to spray it, I don't fall asleep as easily. So I don't know if it's um, partially placebo, placebo, but it works. So um, I'm loving their all natural spray. And I love the fact that it doesn't have any toxins and chemicals because so many sprays have, oh my God, so many chemicals that can affect our hormonal system. So um, I'm really happy that BU have, you know, um, stuck to their values and, and kept that natural. And um, I've been using the BU patches to also help me to get to sleep because um, as you guys know, I've been working on my interstitial cystitis um with my pelvic floor physiotherapist but she has been away over Christmas so I haven't seen her and then I got a stomach bug over um Christmas ironically enough from the day that I had off after all of the kind of crazy rushing around and seeing family to the day that I went back to work I had a, a stomach bug um that really floored me and ended up causing me to have like a lot of like tension and pain in my pelvic floor. And then since then, it's kind of aggravated my bladder. Which, side note, what's really interesting is that people with SIBO, um, which is really common with endometriosis and is a kind of a gut bacterial imbalance, um, they often have bladder pain too. And when they address their SIBO, the pain in their bladder goes away. So... Um, I found it really interesting that my bladder pain peaked when I got this stomach bug. But anyway, I am now using the kind of patches religiously to help me fall asleep um, and to stay asleep as this bladder pain has increased until I see my physio um, this coming Saturday. So just a shout out to you guys. Um, you're amazing. I love your work. Um, if you're interested in trying BU products, they have a CBD range. Um, they have a chafing cream. They have um, a spray. They have a menstrual cup and they have the BU patches, which I always go on about. So um, you can just head to the link in my show notes to check them out. Um, and yeah, 
Let Be You help you soothe menstrual pain in a natural way. I also wanted to um, remind you guys that I'm currently doing a free month-long endometriosis challenge called Owning This Endo Life Challenge um, on Facebook. We have a private Facebook group. There are now 120 members in the group, which is <laughs> just extraordinary. I literally thought we were going to be a group of five and I was really excited about that. Um, but there's 120, so that's amazing. And um, last week we focused on our vision for our health and hydration. This week we are focusing on anti-inflammatory living. So um, yeah, if you want to take part in that and kind of kickstart your January, your new year, um, then please come and join us. Just search the group owning this endo life challenge in facebook endo life is one word um or you can just go to my show notes um and click the link and join us there you can join at any time you can always just catch up um and it would be amazing to have you so this week um might i don't know it might seem like a bit of an odd one but actually i think it's so fascinating and interesting and um I kind of had this, the inspiration for this podcast episode when I wrote a article last week on anti-inflammatory living, um, not focusing on nutrition. And I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, I really need to talk about this with, yeah, with the my listeners. And um, it also resonated with me so deeply. And actually this theme of anti-inflammatory living has resonated deeply with me for a really long time. And so I just thought it was time to share it, especially because in the new year, we can place so much focus on like nutrition and I am not underestimating it. God, it is so important, guys. But so is your lifestyle choices. So I just kind of wanted to provide you with some information on how to have an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And some of them are so simple. Some of the steps are so simple. So I think it's actually quite a nice way to begin the new year with these simple changes that can make a real difference. So what do I mean when I'm talking about anti-inflammatory living? So the, the two key things here to note is that stress is often experienced in the body in kind of like our neck and back region or in the pelvic floor, especially in the pelvic floor when we feel a threat. And the reason why is that the body is trying to protect the vital organs in the abdomen. So the pelvic floor tightens and clenches when we feel in danger, when we're scared, when we're threatened, when we're stressed. Um, it might not happen with everyone, but it, it often it often happens a lot to people with endometriosis or with other pelvic floor conditions. Um, this tightening creates pain, nerve, nerve sensitivity and distortion and dysfunction in those muscle and organs. And then that kind of ends up resulting in more pain, um, more inflammation in that area and conditions like vaginismus, vulvodynia, um, painful bladder syndrome, because the muscles are pulling on and distorting those organs and creating and then making them really inflamed, really sensitive and actually affecting their functioning because they're not positioned in the way that they should be. The second thing to note is that the brain is designed to recognise stress slash danger signals as a priority because it's trying to keep us safe. 
So it's easier and quicker for the brain to recognise DIMMs, which are danger signals, so danger in my system signals, and to send those signals because it's designed to keep us safe. So it is much quicker for the brain to do that because it's its primary function, right, to keep us safe. So if you have a past of trauma or chronic pain, it's much easier for your body to default into that mode because it's used to default into that mode. It's it's firstly, it's designed to default into that mode. And secondly, because you've experienced trauma or um, chronic pain signals, those pathways are kind of more ingrained into our brain. So it's much easier for us to default to, the, to that mode. And stress and danger signals actually cause heightened pain levels because your body is hypersensitive and looking for any indications of a threat. And it doesn't have to be danger. So if you're stressed at work, you're likely to experience more pain because your body your body doesn't necessarily distinguish, oh, this is stress from my boss is different from the stress of, um, you know, a really serious injury that was inflicted when you were being chased by a lion in prehistoric days, right? So the body is still just receiving stress as stress and it sees it as danger and it sees it as, right, we need to be on high alert. So any kind of indication of pain, your body's like, what is that? The brain needs to know that you're in pain. The brain needs to do something about it. So you're getting this constant upregulated inflammatory response. Your body is just adding and adding inflammation um, because it's trying to fix a problem and it's trying to alert you to the fact that there's a problem. So there is a doctor who is a leading pain uh, science expert, Dr. Mosley. Mo Mosley, I think, or Mosley. Maybe I'm saying Mo Mosley because it's from Downton Abbey. <laughs> um, and there are two quotes from him that I just think are so significant. So the first one is, the longer you have pain, the better your spinal cord gets at producing danger messages to the brain, even if there was no danger in the tissue. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying, that it doesn't necessarily have to be like danger or an infection or real damage. Your brain is just more used to sending those signals. So it's just going to do it at the slightest, kind of the slightest hint that something's wrong. Um, and the other quote is, stress can contribute to nerve sensitivity or pain system sensitivity. Stress lives in the brain and therefore the experience of chronic pain for chronic pain patients often is that their pain increases as they become stressed. I'm sure so many of you can resonate with that. Um, and this is what really got me thinking about my relationship with pain and safety and stress and danger and how even though I do so much for my body nutrition-wise, my current living situation, I think, is playing a massive role in my bladder pain. And the more we're exposed to chronic stress, the more we are exposed to inflammation. Um, so having an anti-inflammatory lifestyle is about implementing in activities to help reduce that inflammation and to reduce that chronic stress. Um, but before I kind of dive into what those are, to kind of give you an idea of how these things impact us, I just wanted to kind of share my experience. So 
when I was 17, a lot of you know I had a car accident, which was really bad. Um, and I experienced a lot of trauma to my pelvic floor, just my whole pelvic area. I broke my spine and my hips and my pelvis and my pubic ramus and um, I had soft tissue damage in my knees. Um, and obviously it was a really scary experience. So then there you had the mental trauma as well. But um, it was only after that, about a year or maybe a a year and a half later that I began to get the obvious signs of endometriosis. So um, I got the painful sex and the painful periods and it might have started sooner post accident, but I was still in quite a lot of significant pain um, from my injuries. So I don't think I necessarily would would have noticed. Um, but once I was kind of as healed as I was going to get at that time, um, that's kind of when I started to notice those, that pain. Um, and what we know is that post trauma, um, once we've had a trauma, it can actually trigger the brain to, um, be more like it changes the way the brain receives pain signals in the body. Um, And so I think that that is definitely what happened to me. And what's really interesting is for, you know, however many years post this car accident, I have avoided being in cars kind of as much as possible within reason. So I take trains most of the time. I walk. I like to walk. Um, And if I'm in a car, it's mostly for short distances. I'm, I'm never really in a car for a very long amount of time. Um, I don't drive. I think I would be a threat to anyone on the road because I'm so scared that I think I would cause an accident. Um, and Chris started driving last year and I, it really triggered all my post-traumatic stress disorder massively. I had to go to A&E numerous times because we thought I was having a heart attack. Um, I was getting chest pain all the time. I was getting palpitations. I couldn't breathe. Um, and one of the things that I really noticed is that every time I got scared in the car, which was like constant, but a moment that I would get really scared would be like, so say we were just traveling down a road and there was another road, like a cross section, for example, cut, I would, or someone was pulling out from another road, my instinct is that they're going to hit us, that they're not going to stop. And that's because the car that hit us in my car accident didn't stop. And so, and I'm a passenger as I was during the car accident. So my instinct is like, I'm going to be hit and I'm going to be hit first. Um, And even as I'm talking about it, my uterus is contracting, my pelvic floor is contracting and I can feel, it's not endo pain, I can't really explain the pain that I feel, but I can feel pain and it's like a, it's almost like a pain in all of my muscle walls um, and my kind of like vaginal canal is tightening, my abdomen is tightening, my pelvis is tightening, the whole area is tightening and that would happen every time I got scared in the car. And um, I was like, this is really interesting. I said it to Chris. I was like, I don't know why, but my pelvic floor seems to tighten. I seem to get con- contractions when 
I'm scared. And I just kind of, I had a couple of theories of my own. But then I spoke to one of my colleagues, one of my peers on my women's health coaching course, who is also a PT. And she's trained in a specific type of pelvic floor physiotherapy that looks at how uh, danger is experienced in the pelvis and actually I believe I could be wrong but I believe women in particular experience pain in their pelvis um when they are feeling unsafe and a lot of that is because they're trying to protect as I was saying earlier their vital organs in that area so when I learned this I was like this makes total sense and since then I have noticed other times when I am clenching and um, I haven't really given you guys a full story of what's been happening in my kind of home life in the past year but it's been pretty intense and a lot of it is around some crazy unfortunate events in our um house where we live and because I was like so Chris suffered a a really significant bereavement last year so we were in a position where we couldn't move at that time and then I had to start the book and then the book took much longer than I thought it was going to so we couldn't really move at that point because I was working around the clock 24 7 um and then we have started looking, but we have experienced loads of blocks of trying to move to the point that I have felt like trapped. But at the same time, we're trying to move and I'm trying not to get stressed with that and say, you know, it's okay to be where we are now. But at the same time, I feel very unsafe in our home. Um, I had a drunk guy get into the house when I was on my own. Um, I was threatened, my life was threatened by another guy across the road. Um, We've had like a severe flood. There's a massive mold and damp issue in this house. Um, We've had mice. Like there has been so many things going on. Like last year, obviously, I think I told you guys about the abusive guy. He was um, abusing his partner above us and... um, how that kind of escalated like this is just a tip of the iceberg there's been so many things in this house um the heating system doesn't work properly it's freezing um so I have this general feeling of dis-ease and unsafety in this house and it's not just about safety as in a direct threat from a man it's about like oh I'm cold um there's mold in this house there's a mouse in this house like it's it's my kind of um, physiological instinct of knowing that this isn't a safe environment for my body to thrive and to be healthy in. Like, I know that even though it's not the same threat as a guy walking in drunk, I know that I'm like being constantly cold, having this damp and this mold problem and stuff is not healthy. And so I find myself as I work every day from home, um, I realize that I'm clenching my pelvic floor and I realize I'm actually in pain as I clench in my bladder. Um, And I have to keep reminding myself to unclench. And part of that is also because I'm cold. So I'm like clenching, you know, your muscles kind of contract when you're cold. So that's part of it as well. And then at night when my partner is working away because he travels back up to London a couple of times a week. So when he's not here, I curl up in a ball to 
when I'm going to bed to keep warm, but also as a feeling of safety, like I kind of adopt the fetal position. And I notice that the area that I'm kind of contracted and tense and clenching the most is my pelvic floor. And over this past year, my bladder has gotten worse up until the point where I saw my amazing pelvic floor physiotherapist, who is a godsend. Um, my pain has gotten worse. So I've just found it fascinating to notice this correlation between my bladder pain and the stress that I've experienced at home and not feeling um, like my basic needs are really covered in terms of like my living situation. So um, it it has been a fascinating process and as a result, I'm now going to start, um, obviously, other than trying to find somewhere new to live, as we are doing, um, I am, you know, implementing activities and things into my life that signal safety to me. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But before I do that, I want to ask you to think about your experience with pain and your experience in your life and your lifestyle. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. BU create gorgeous, natural and organic CBD products that I love. To get the most out of your CBD, BU recommends that you use the products as per instructions on a daily basis for your entire cycle. The effects of CBD are much more obvious when used consistently as the CBD really gets to work on your inflammation levels. It's also recommended that you give CBD around two to three months to see how your body responds to it and whether it works for you. CBD doesn't work for everyone, but it definitely seems to be something that's popular within the endo community and kind of painful period community at the moment. Lots of people are finding relief. I would love to hear how you get on with it. If you do try any of the products, let me know. To shop the range, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis symptom tracker. If you kind of feel a bit overwhelmed by your pain and your symptoms and you really just don't know where to start with managing them, then tracking your symptoms over a couple of months or even just a month to see what your triggers might be could be really helpful. I've put together a free download that helps you track your pain, your mood, your brain fog, uh, your bloating, where you are in your cycle your eating habits, your stress levels, so many different things um, in a really simple and effective way. If you'd like to try it out, um, obviously it's free, just head to the show notes, follow the link and you can get your own copy. So ask yourself, do you feel safe? Do you feel at risk in your area? Are you in an area that maybe there's a high crime rate? Um, or perhaps your door doesn't lock properly. That's actually something that is a concern of mine. Like our, our door is very easy <laughs> to, um, yeah, just to break into. Um, are you constantly anxious? Are you a constantly anxious person? That is something that I experience. I've been anxious my entire life. Um, does the news trigger you? Are you constantly exposed to the news? Um, do you have housing problems that don't signal safety? So, for example, a lot of us have experienced mould at the moment. It seems to be a really common occurrence. So 
even if your house is beautiful, you have a happy home, a happy relationship, you know, you live in harmony with whoever you live with, but you've got mold, firstly, that's going to be having an effect on your body. On a physical level, your body is going to be responding to that with inflammation. It's going to be fighting those mold particles, absolutely. So your body is going to read that as a danger signal. And secondly, on a subconscious level, you're probably going to be thinking this needs to be sorted. In the back of your mind, you're aware that it's not the ideal environment for your health. So does your house have any problems that are that are making it feel not like the shelter it should be for you? Are you being bullied at home, at work or at school? Do you feel unsupported in your relationships or at work or some, you know, somewhere in your life? Are you worried about money? Um, are you feeling unsupported by your healthcare system? Are you worried about your health in general or with endo? Just think about these questions, even make a list if it's helpful for you and just write down the areas that are the biggest stressors for you. Now, these are really big things to manage and to take on and we often can't do them if we're fatigued, low in energy or in chronic pain. So what we recommend to do um, when I say we, I mean the, the coaches who I've trained with at the Integrated Women's Health Institute and that we've been recommended, you know, in our training by Dr. Jessica Drummond is to start adding in more safety signals. They're called SIMS. Um, so safety in my system signals. And this is going to help calm the nervous system and therefore the inflammatory response. And as you begin to calm down the nervous system and you begin to feel safer, your the physical symptoms of this kind of inflammatory lifestyle are going to start calming down. Perhaps your pain will reduce, perhaps your fatigue will ease up, perhaps you'll have more energy, perhaps you'll be more physically resilient. And then from there, you'll be able to start tackling the bigger stresses in your life. So I want to give you guys some very simple activities or add-ins that you can put into your life, integrate into your life that are going to send your brain signals of safety. So the first one is try and slow, gentle and nourishing movement. If you're really into HIIT training, that's totally fine. But if you are experiencing a lot of pain and um, you have pelvic floor tension, um, you're finding yourself very anxious, um, you can't sleep, then it's likely that you've got some elevated cortisol levels going on, which high intensity training could be making worse. So I would probably speak to a health coach if that was the case and try to find a type of exercise that's going to help, that's going to suit your body at this time until you've kind of recovered. But for now, I'm focusing on slow, gentle and nourishing movement for you guys. So so movements such as yoga, gentle walking, gentle swimming, um, these have all been shown to calm the nervous system and boost well-being. So even like a gentle Pilates session, something not too strenuous. And I, I mean, I really prefer yoga because I find that when I go to a yoga class, it's probably, when I think about it, I don't think I feel more held or safe 
or kind of at one with myself and calm anywhere else than in a yoga session. And I don't go to yoga. So I really need to start going back, especially if you go to a yoga class with some low lighting, some calm music, some incense. It's just a really delicious and nourishing way to calm your body down, but also get some movement in there and actually get that pelvic pelvic floor to start moving and getting a bit more flexible. The other um, option is to start meditating, even if you guys, you're just doing five minutes a day. Um, Meditation has got so much scientific evidence behind it. It's been shown to reduce stress um, and anxiety, and it's been shown to even reduce pain related to stress. So um, I think that's such a key one to start with. And Headspace If you're new to meditating, I would really start with Headspace, the app. Um, I think it's one of the most accessible forms of meditation and apps out there. I even think they've got one on pain. Let me just have a quick look on my app. Yeah. Oh, this is so interesting. Um, So they've got a in pain three minute meditation, like an emergency pain. They have um, a five minute kind of I don't know tutorial on pain they have a pain management course which is how many weeks is this 10 10 days and then they have a pain at night um meditation which I didn't know they had but I'm going to start using that for when my bladder pain is bad so I would really strongly suggest looking at that and then they have one for stress and anxiety they have a managing anxiety course they have a letting go of stress course um Transforming anger, navigating change, reframing loneliness, restlessness. Gosh, they have so much. Um, They have meditations on feeling burned out, feeling overwhelmed, panicking, losing your temper. They've got so many. Um, So I would strongly suggest that you start with Headspace. But there are loads of apps out there. So have a look and see which ones resonate with you because that's just one that resonates with me. Um... Another kind of similar one to meditation is to manage overwhelm with mindfulness throughout your day. So not just in a meditation, but actually incorporating mindfulness in your day-to-day living. And I think one of the easiest ways to, well, not necessarily easy, but one of the simplest ways to begin implementing mindfulness into your day is to actually focus on one thing at a time. And that's going to help you to reduce those feelings of overwhelm, like there's so much to do. So if you're at work, instead of trying to multitask, just set in, you know, a timer like, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes of emails and I'm just going to do that. I'm going to spend the next 60 minutes on this project and just going to do that. Um, And if you find that you get distracted really easily, keep something on your desk to remind you to stay mindful and focused. I actually use a crystal. It just sits in front of my laptop. Um, and so every time I see that, it brings me back when I start like getting sidetracked with all of the other things I need to do. Um, and another thing that you can implement or you can implement instead of doing that is to take three slow, deep breaths after each task is complete to let your body know that that one's done. That's an ending and you're starting something new and it just creates a bit of a clean cut so that your body can take stock for a minute and move on to the next one without dragging in all of the stress and anxiety from the last task. Another one that is similar to those two, maybe a little bit controversial, is prayer. 
Um, I'm not religious, so this isn't, um, yeah, there's no religious propaganda behind this. But prayer can really create feelings of safety and sacredness in our life. I think we have lost um, the practice of ritual and um, yeah, sacredness. And that can really, and, and the feeling that something is holy and I don't mean, and divine, I don't mean that necessarily in the sense of like God, but like we've, we don't sit and in awe that much to marvel at nature and life. We're so busy. And I think having a moment of prayer creates a space for reflection um, and contemplation in a way that allows room for sacredness, safety, divinity, holiness, and just awe, you know, of what we have on this planet. Um, and it's a space to share your hopes and dreams and fears in privacy and in safety. And you don't have to pray to God if you don't believe in God, you could be kind of, it could be, you could be in conversation with your higher self. You could be in conversation with mother nature and, or the earth. You could be in conversation with, um, what some people call the source or the universe. So find, you know, if this doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, but you could pray really simply. You could just pray like traditionally, like, you know, on your knees, um, hands together or you know if you're muslim however you know how prayer looks for you on a mat um or you could just create your own kind of prayer ritual maybe you like a candle and you sit in front of the candle um whatever it is just this kind of sacred time that's carved out um and yeah i mean prayer in a very fluid loose way so create what that looks like for you um, another one that I think is so important is get outside. I think I read when I was doing research for this podcast episode that nine, that Americans are now spending 90% of their time inside, which is freaking scary. And as someone who works from home, I really resonate with that. Um, and forest bathing, which is essentially just spending time in nature, particularly in the woods or in a forest ideally but you know if you're walking through a meadow or a park that's great as well um has been shown to really improve our mental well-being so exposure to trees in particular have been shown to improve has been shown to improve our mental well-being and um forest braving has been shown to decrease stress and actually speeds up recovery time from illness which is fascinating so if you're listening to this post-surgery when you can start walking gently just sit outside in the garden or go to the nearest park um and city people who live in the city are constantly exposed to stresses think about all the noise the bright led lighting the um sirens all the time the people rushing around the advertising like there's so much going on the pollution the traffic there's so many stresses that just getting out in nature is going to really calm their nervous system down just slow down those signals that are going to your brain and just create a bit of safety for you um this one you guys are gonna love super simple get comfy i'm not i'm not even joking create a haven or safety in a simple way for yourself if you love blankets 
get yourself a new blanket or clean your you know your current one adds like some natural fabric softener to it get it really get it really soft um get some cushions or get a really good book if you love like fantasy or rom-coms or period romances something that's really safe I mean if horror books are the things that make you feel safe go ahead but um yeah like in my experience I used to read a lot of like horror and crime and that didn't help so now I'm kind of reading more fantasy novels and romance and um because my my life is you know I, I am putting myself in uncomfortable and scary positions a lot of the time as I as my like co- as my kind of coaching grows and as my studies get more difficult and demanding my day-to-day is challenging in a good way it's really challenging but it's nice to have a book that I can absorb myself in that takes me away from my reality and gives me a safe space um just having cozy loose clothing that feels good on your body especially if you're in pain really soft loose loungewear jumpers feeling warm some like low lighting candles incense whatever makes you feel cozy calm safe just create a little haven of that it doesn't have to be expensive you don't have to get all of those things if you already have a blanket and a cushion great um use that for now if you already have some really cozy joggers that are your favorite great you know just give yourself those moments where you feel really comfortable um another one of course is restorative sleep so improving your sleep can really help reduce those cortisol levels and those stress signals and just get your body to um calm down but also kind of regenerate and remove the toxins remove anything that is adding to um your body's kind of stress response so trying to get restorative sleep if you struggle with sleeping then I always suggest having a look at Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep reading that I will do a whole episode on sleep um at some point in the future um I would love to get Matthew Walker on the show so we'll see we'll see I see if I can manage that one um the last one is support and connection it is so important like we are um tribe animals we you know we survive in tribes we weren't kind of designed to be on our own um so phone calls with people if you can't physically get to them doing a fun activity with your friends or family um if you're limited by endometriosis your chronic pain finding an activity you can do together that you can enjoy and that's also going to support your body maybe it's going to cinema if you find that you get a little bit uncomfortable sit in for a long period of time get a cushion that supports your pelvis wear BU patches um, do what you need to do to be comfortable if sitting in the movies is completely ruled out then is it going for a very gentle walk together is it having a sleepover together Um, you know whatever it is find a way to enjoy yourself and laugh with your loved ones in a way that suits your body And please, please ask for help. If you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling alone right now, um, or if you feel like you don't have support, just ask for help. Whether it's from family, whether it's from friends, if they 
aren't really the people who are going to show up for you right now, then maybe it's about getting a counsellor, maybe it's about seeking a support group, maybe it's about finding a group online, if it has to be free, like looking at what support groups are local to you, just find a way to ask for support, ask for the help that you need and to feel connected and supported again, like you're not having to do this on your own. So those are just some ideas. Have a think, right? Sit down and spend some time like mind mapping all of the different things that would make you feel safe in your life, make you feel supported, make you feel calm. And then when you've built up some resilience, um, physically, emotionally, and mentally, you can start addressing those core stresses that I was talking about earlier in the podcast. So some of those core stresses are you're too busy. So have a think about what's on your plate. Just write down everything that's on your plate when you're ready to do this, that is. And just look at what actually has to be there, what really has to be there. And what can start to be taken away? Could you delegate to anyone or could you just cut it off entirely? Um, Relationship. If you're struggling in your relationships and you're facing some problems there, then again, unless you're really good at going full throttle, start slowly. Start with a book or a podcast. Um, Cut if you're experiencing relationship challenges um, due to endo then I have an episode with um, a relationships counsellor that you could listen to. Let me just tell you the episode number. Okay, it's episode number 45. Yeah, episode number 45, Communication, Relationships and Endometriosis with Melanie Cox. Um, You could also read The Zimzum of Love by Rob and Kristen Bell. Um, it's about marriage, but it's applicable to anyone in relationship. Um, and if you want to kind of actually start addressing it more seriously, then you could also talk to Relate, which is the relationships counseling charity. Um, if you are having financial difficulties, um, and again, I'm just saying these are little ideas to start slowly. Um, you need a budget is a brilliant book about getting on top of your finances absolutely amazing you can also use their app ynab y-n-a-b um to help manage it manage your budget you can also listen to my recent episode um on finances and endometriosis that episode is number 68 managing money and dealing with financial struggles with endometriosis with michelle manuel of her wealth iq She's got some great tips in there. If you are struggling with the stress of living with endo, then um, a really good place to start to kind of help you with the mental aspect of it and the emotional aspect of it is um, a course, a short course called Radiant Life Design. So if you go to radiantlifedesign.com, I think, um, have a look at her website. She does one-to-one coaching, but the course is... Um, accessible and could really help you with um, kind of doing a lot of the work that we're talking about in this episode but just reducing the anxiety that you have around your chronic pain condition. Um, If you're exposed to like the news a lot and that's a real stressor for you, you're worrying about the state of the world, then maybe create a curfew 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily read the news straight away in the morning. I think that's going to heighten your cortisol levels immediately upon waking. So maybe put some time aside um, in your day to catch up on the news um, and put a curfew on that. Maybe even put a timer on how long you can read it for. Um, Maybe turn off notifications just kind of create some boundaries for you so you can stay aware of what's going on in the world, but you're also looking after your safety. So those are just some ideas for when you are ready to tackle those bigger stresses in life, um, that you've got a slow way to start with them. But if we're going back to basics, back to those, you know, sims that we want to add in, those safety signals, um, I would love to ask you to challenge yourself this week to add one extra safety signal to your week or ideally to your day could be the same thing every day could be that you're going to read a good book every day or it could be a different one every day but choose what you're going to do write it down and practice that every day or once this week whatever feels more manageable to you you can build on it over time if you want um but start there And if you want to spend some time writing out what your stresses are and what you can do to manage those and what you want to add to your life um, to feel more safety, then definitely do that. But the core thing that I would love you guys to do to take away from this episode is to add in one safety signal to your week or your days this week. ideally starting from today. So yeah, I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope it's kind of given a different perspective on reducing inflammation and yeah, that kind of anti-inflammatory approach to endometriosis, which is so important. Um, I would love to hear what you think. DM me or email me. um, And yeah, I hope that it brings you a feeling of safety and well-being this week. And I will be back next week with another episode. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.